For the first time ever, I am thrilled to say we have an official sponsor for the Dirk Talk podcast, and that's Ariat. I've worn Ariat boots on every job site I've visited over the years, traveling in them across five continents. More importantly, I have yet to find a single project where working folks, unlike me, are not wearing Ariat boots and workwear in every condition imaginable. And there's really good reason for that. And that's because it's phenomenal stuff. And the more I've learned about Ariat and the company, the more I've loved their brand. So with this, Ariat is offering any Dirt Talk listener 10% off their next Ariat order at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk. That's 10% off boots, jeans, and workwear at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk or at the link in this episode's description. With that, let's get to the show. All right, welcome back to Dirt Talk. I'm your host, Aaron Witt, and today we're diving into the cat dealer world. I've been told I need to set up who I'm interviewing a little bit better. Today we're interviewing Craig Cahoon. He's the executive vice president over at Carter Machinery. They're the Virginia, uh, primarily Virginia dealer into West Virginia, and now they just acquired Alban, which I think is in Maryland, which is pretty damn exciting. They have over 700 technicians. It's probably more since since I, I got that figure, probably quite a few more. They have more technicians than most cat dealers do around the world, one of the top cat dealers in, in, in the world. So I've known Craig for maybe a year and a half now, two years. We got connected on LinkedIn initially. I flew out to uh, Virginia to meet him, and we've been working with Carter for a year now. So I'm really excited to have you here, Craig. Well, we're excited to be here too. I've enjoyed our relationship together with this last year and a half, and you've been a big part of uh, the story we've been telling about our about us getting better in our journey towards that. Well, one of the most fascinating things about you and, and your background is you came, you know, you're East Coast. Lacrosse is a big deal out there, and, and you played and coached lacrosse. Is that correct? Yep. Had a, had an opportunity to you know, play from a young age and then play through, obviously, high school and the collegiate level and then a little bit uh, in the professional MML afterwards. How was being a collegiate athlete? I mean, how does that set you up for your, the rest of your career? It sets you up for, pretty, I think, a lot of things to be successful in life. One, I mean, just the ability to know that certainly on a team sport that you have to all execute together, ultimately run the play to make sure that the win at the end is a, is a, is a total family affair there. And when you start to translate that to business, you know, one thing we pride ourselves here on at Carter is, is, is being a servant leader. And that really makes make sure that we have our, uh, our leaders out there are making sure we're enabling each other, both professionally and personally. So did you start coaching lacrosse right out of college? Yeah, I had an opportunity right away. I actually coached uh, two, two seasons at Ohio State, then had the opportunity right after that to go back and work for my coach in college. Uh, John Hind is his name, back at Butler as a head assistant there, and spent a year, really a year and some change doing that. And then at a ripe young age there, I want to say I was around 24, had the opportunity to become the youngest Division One head coach at the time. It was an awesome opportunity. Where was that? That was at Butler? That was back at Butler University, yes. Holy smokes. How, how was that, being so young, trying to get a team together and coach everyone? 
when I look back on it now, it's, it's certainly made me a better, if you want to call it a coach in this type of position. Back, back then, it was more about the product, I think, in terms of what we had to do on the field than it was about truly enabling each athlete, you know, to make sure they're achieving their highest level of success. And as, as I learned that, as I matured and got older, I think probably, you know, certainly out of coaching and then into more of the professional world from a, from a business standpoint, you realize that if you spend the majority of your time making those better around you, you're ultimately going to get better results because they're going to, they're going to go work hard mm. because they know you're working hard for them. That was a big lesson learned early as a, as a, as a young head coach. So are there are a lot of parallels between being a head coach and doing what you do now as an executive. Tons. I mean, in fact, if you wouldn't talk to certainly, you know, my immediate team or you talk to anybody that in any of our, we, we call each other teammates. I mean, you all the way through, they're always saying, hey, coach, you know, coach Cahoon, we're either recruiting people, you know, <laughs> training them, right, <laughs> or retaining. Our whole goal here is to build a world-class team. It's, it's our top critical success factor because we can't go do all the things that we want to do in our core businesses and other transformations unless we have recruited the right people and, and, and making sure that we've empowered them to, to achieve their highest level of success. At what point did you make a departure from the coaching world and jumped into the business world? Well, I, it, was, it was right after we had, I had my first daughter, Gracie, I thought I was living large with a, you know, making pennies and a meal plan as a coach. <laughs> it's what you want to do. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the beautiful little girl shows up and you're married and, and you got to make some different choices because of that. And it's really what kind of got me out of coaching from a professional standpoint. I still do it today with both with, with all of my daughters and my son. And, you know, it was at that point, trying to wanted to figure out exactly what I wanted to do and didn't really have an, an understanding of where I wanted to do it at. So I, I ended up at, a, at, a, at CentOS for a while. The, I jumped into the sales side of things. And then that ultimately led me to an opportunity with a, um, a smaller manufacturer in Indiana, still on the sales side, and a larger distribution dealer network throughout the Southeast. And then through that, kind of met some people that got me on the technology side where I worked at Zonar for almost 10 years. Zonar is, is, is a heavy-duty telematics that competes in a ton of on-highway market. It was really through that where most of my growth happened in terms of just, I think, from the overall experience side, uh, people side, strategy execution side, and then we even started to dip into some just the operational side as far as sales goes and where you really had to kind of learn it all because we were a you know, we were a young company. I think I was about employee 14 at the time. Wow. And then obviously and then grew that out to probably the fourth largest provider of telematics in terms of install base on the planet, you know, 10 years later. So why, I mean, if life was so good at Zonar, everything, you know, growing like crazy, doing a lot of cool stuff, why make the leap to the heavy equipment world, a Caterpillar dealer? Well, it's a, it's a cool story. I'll tell you the biggest, the biggest reason and the only reason it was just, you know, there was, we start talking about your priorities. I think certainly later in life, it was, it was family. And I'd mentioned, you know, the daughter there that we had, my son, and then our last daughter, and my son, Bodie, and our last daughter, Ruby. Once as that was coming into play, I was, we were living in Indiana and I was essentially commuting to Seattle. That was a lot of back and forth and in a high growth industry. And so even when you were quote unquote back home on the East Coast, you were, you're on another plane and, and out somewhere else. And it was all for all, all fantastic run. 
for a fantastic company, but that comes at a that comes at a sacrifice. And so, ironically, I was working with McAllister Machinery, and this is when Caterpillar was really starting to sniff out the telematics side of things, getting connected very early, 2009, 10-ish, right around there. And through Drew Parker, I'd met, uh, who's our current, our dealer principal here, our CEO here at Carter Machinery, I had met Dan Dayton, who's, uh, who's an executive vice president at McAllister Machinery. And that was really my first introduction to the cat world. And that's kind of how this thing started to boil out. Drew Parker, ironically, we ended up living near each other in Indianapolis for a couple of years. And then he was obviously had the opportunity to make the move down here to Carter with his family uh, and his father. And it was, heck, four, almost five years later, uh, we had just, uh, we were randomly saying hi around the holiday time. And he asked what was going on and started talking. And I think it was probably no more than three or four weeks later after that, that we decided to make a move down here to Southwest Virginia. No kidding. So yeah, a lot of people, world. a lot of people tell me, they're like, man, I, I wish I could travel every week like you do and this and that. It, I mean, it takes a toll on you, doesn't it? It does. I mean, there's, there's no question. I mean, it, it, ironically, it was, I remember when I had transitioned out of the job with Zonar to this and one of my earlier anxieties besides not really knowing what to do at a cat dealer <laughs> was, yeah. oh my gosh, you're gonna you're gonna lose status on on American and all these <laughs> other things, and it was really just that dubious honor. I can tell you if if you got a second here, there was one. I always, whenever you were traveling, I had brought home you know one of the key cards for for the kids, right? There's you know different pictures of the Hilton hotels or yeah. or whatever it is. I always brought back the key cards, and I remember at one point in time, my oldest had brought out a box of these key cards. And I remember her being somewhat proud of it because that was something that, you know, dad gave her at the end of, you know, the trip or whatever. But then I looked at that and you're like, each key card was at least one night. Yeah. When I started thinking about it and you're just like, holy cow. And again, priorities, you know, things change as you, as your life changes too. As I was getting into those stages where, you know, three kids and, all the opportunities to truly you know, be around them. And I look at what we're doing now, what's been afforded to me now, being down here at Carter and watching you know, kids and travel across. No surprise there, we're a big lacrosse family. But travel across and how they're excelling both in the community, academically, all three of them. And it's, you know, it's, that would have been something potentially that you, know, you would have missed. You certainly would have gotten more free night's days or, or mileage on your airlines, but you would have missed the priorities of, of, of those kids. So. Yeah, well, it's, great. it's been a great move for us. I'm trying my to do it Jenny. now while my uh, while I don't have kids or a wife at home. I tell everyone <laughs> none of that to worry about. So now's the time to do it, I guess. Yeah, it's a necessity. I mean, at the at the end of the day, too, you know, you need to be in front of your customers. Yep. You need to be in. You need to be where the action is. You need to be able to walk the value streams. You know, so it's the good news is is you can do that. You can you can travel and get to those spots. And if your job requires it, you got to go there. It's just again, what's what are the priorities behind that, and making sure that you have those all in line. So what what was it like just showing up to a cat dealer with no background in Caterpillar or heavy equipment construction mining? I mean, what what was that like initially for you? 
to be very honest, it was intimidating because you just you just didn't know. I mean, I grew up in I grew up in I say in the business. Like my dad was a small is is a small site utility operator in Columbus, Ohio. So I grew up around iron. You know, grew up around dirt. But that was really the extent of it. Working at Zonar, we certainly had large customers that we were installing installing telematics on, and you were out on site. You're seeing these things, but you never really ran the business. Obviously, that is such an important piece of the supply chain in terms of delivering uptime on the machines and parts and service and 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 really where the relationship's going now, even into the, the back end of, of our customers' businesses. And so getting here was, you know, the learning curve around, one, just being at the dealer, no experience. Two, there's a learning curve around, you know, certainly with, with Caterpillar, there's it's, mm-hmm. it's an amazingly managed business and, and the metrics and everything that you have behind that you kind of got to learn how to how to speak that. Then there was this somewhat of a reprieve on that too, because Drew, Drew Parker, you know, was reporting to him originally here when when we came in, he had a laundry list, kind of a grocery list of of things that he wanted to start to really hammer through in the dealership. And it wasn't just about market share. It wasn't just about some of the traditional play. It was getting deeper around sales management process. It was, you know, pushing collaboration amongst siloed type businesses. It was thinking about digital, getting connected. And these are all things that personally I thrive on, one from a leadership style standpoint, making sure that people are coming together to, you know, to run that play like we were talking about earlier. But the other side of it too is is if there's anything, you know, from a change agent, love being there to help articulate that. And and if you look at probably our last sixty months here, there's been so much transformation, whether that's been in, we're a very safety-oriented organization, but tra- trying to transition that to a near-miss type culture. Yeah. You look at things like on lean, you know, our lean culture, taking waste out of our business, delivering better customer experience at a lower cost to serve, and then all things digital, you know, and being part of that is in a, in a, in a dealership here that has been winning for 92 years being a part of taking all that history and that winning and then being able to amplify that through some of those transformations has been great. So it was, it was, it was intimidating at the same time too. It was a wide open, it was a wide open opportunity to really make an impact. It's impressive what, what you drew and everyone else have done at Carter. Cause like you said, 92 years of winning. So you've just, you guys have hit a lot of home runs and I know there, there've been some tough times like any business, but you're, I mean, you're Carter Cat, extraordinarily successful cat dealer. But what I like about you guys is you don't really, it's like, okay, great. We've been successful. That's nice, but that's not going to get us any further. And we have so many areas of improvement. Let's go make our business even better and better and better and better. And you guys don't just say that you actually do it. I mean, it's been even just in my 12, 16 months of, of looking at you guys, it's amazing what, what you're doing within your organization. Yeah. I mean, and again, you know, I think there's, there's plenty of examples out there that will say, Hey, if you, if you sit still, if you're not changing, you know, you're at risk. Yeah. You know, I hate to say that you're dying or doing those types of things, but, but you're at risk. And, and at the end of the day, you know, you think about what's going on in our own consumer lives, how things are changing just for us and our expectations around all things. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. And, and to me, that's the same thing that our, our customers are going through. They're exposed to so many opportunities right now through, uh, you know, through our competition and through non-traditional competitors or just new technologies or ways that businesses are, be, are changing nowadays. We've got to be able to morph, morph with that. 
that's been our primary driver. We want to be, we want to be, we have been very relevant. We have great relationships. We think there's an opportunity to deepen the relationship and doing that through things like, as I mentioned before, through lean transformation, ultimately taking waste out of our business and delivering a better customer experience because of that at a lower cost to serve. I think our customers deserve that yeah. digital, right data, right place for for the right person for the best and most efficient decision on behalf of the customer. And that may, you know, that may be the customer, the right data for the customer. There's just tons of ways to do that. We know that our biggest differentiator is, you know, is our technicians, right? You mentioned earlier the 700. I think we're, you know, we're north of the 750 now. If you put us together with, with our new team members up north of Albany, I mean, we're well over 1,100 technicians. That's nuts. Right now. And, Jeez. you know, Carter, yeah, Carter committed to over 45,000 man hours of training last year, majority of that being towards our technician force there are they are by far our biggest differentiator and and what makes us win each and every day i want to step back real quick and just can you just explain how the cat dealer network works and explain your relationship as a dealer with caterpillar corporate and and because i feel like a lot of people don't really understand how dealers function and how cat functions and you know cat corporate is over here you guys over here there's a lot in the middle but how how does the dealer network actually function the best way to look at it is look at it back from the customer. And, and most people, when they see CAT, they see that piece of yellow iron out there on the job site, right? So if you think about the customer, and again, I, I say most people think that because that's physically what you see, but the, a CAT dealer delivers so much more uh, from a services standpoint and what, you know, through financing, through consultative services, through, I mean, you name it, it's the, what the cat dealer is able to offer out is, is really endless. And I think that's where the, a lot of the reinvention comes. But at the end of the day, you know, we're the last, the dealer is the last mile you know, to that job site for that customer. And again, if it's delivering the iron, if it's delivering the wrench turning or the parts or the data or whatever it may be, we're the face of Caterpillar to the customer. Gotcha. And then, if, so if you look at it from a supply chain, and the last mile of that being to the customer's job site or, or shop or whatever it may be, we deliver that. On the other side of that, then we're taking all of our experience and that, that tangential play that we have with the customer, we're taking all of that, and then we're communicating and working with Caterpillar to make sure that we're delivering parts availability. We're delivering the, the best-in-class services. We're delivering world-class equipment and all the technology that's on board. And we're talking to to them to make sure that as far as a manufacturer, right, of world-class equipment, that we're getting it right. But again, so much deeper past that too. Caterpillar offers us marketing services and digital services and, and consultative services. I mean, it's very deep and, and very complex at times, and that can be challenging. But at the same time, it's always a good thing because of the sheer resource that you have from from Caterpillar to the dealer. And then you can't go you can't go far without saying when you start talking about the dealer network. Some of the best people that I've that I've met professionally in my career are working not only at this dealership but other dealerships but, you know across the country. I, m- I mentioned Dan Dayton earlier stand-up guy, Adam McAllister. I mean, we yeah. continue to have great relationships with all of our neighboring dealers here and, and, um, it's, it's been fantastic. So it's a, it's a, it's, it's truly, it's truly a world-class supply chain when you put it all together. 
But the the dealers are independent businesses, correct? So each each dealer is a different yep. business. So it's not all just Caterpillar corporate. You're your own business supported by Caterpillar. Yes. It's a very symbiotic relationship, right. but also separate. Yeah, we yeah yep. we represent the Caterpillar brand and the equipment and services that they provide to us. Gotcha. But yes, it's indiv- and then there's individual territories uh, that you see throughout certainly North America and uh, across the globe. Okay. I just feel like a lot of people don't understand these simple concepts. So I'm trying to yeah. trying to educate people here now. So you just said to, you know, when people think of Caterpillar, or think of a dealer, they see that machine, you know, out on site or they see that technician repairing mm-hmm. their machine. I know a, a huge part of your focus is the digital transformation side of it. What does the digital transformation actually look like? What's the data that you guys are focused on? What are you trying to do digitally to further that customer success and help them with that tractor because it is a tractor at the end of the day, but how does, how does data come into all this? Let me answer that question first. How does data come into it? That tractor, you know, that is, that is the lowest common denominator, that asset that sits out on that site. And if you think about that tractor and all the things that it's doing, the one commonality is that it's producing hours, right? There's hours of work that is going on. Now, an hour to a equipment manager you know, will refrain itself somewhere in terms of equipment maintenance. And that's how we could talk. That's how we would talk to, you know, somebody that's in charge of equipment maintenance. An hour to an operations person's uh, on site or, or, or somebody's company, that's productivity, right? So you've bought this asset, you know, from equipment side, how healthy is it, right? You know, all the things they need to do and then operationally, how productive is it with it? And then what it starts to mean, I think, for back to the digital transformation side of this thing, what it means in terms of the data and the hours is what other things through the customer's business can we take that very simple hour and help transform? And there's there's easy things around, you know, taking that back into payroll or other things that are out there. But when you start looking at all the processes that we have to deliver top-notch, you know, sales and service to a customer. Well, that customer has all his, his or her back-end processes too. Yeah. And because of that tractor, we can start to get deeper with that relationship and a deeper life cycle value relationship with them to really help run a better business. And that's the goal of Carter. I mean, that's where we see this thing going. We're always going to be able to deliver our core businesses, the sales and service and, and rental and parts, but it's going to be that deeper partnership with our customers. Internally, back to the digital side of things, it's an internal and it's an external play, but we know there's there's new businesses out there. What I mean by that is, you know, we're in the rental businesses, but back to that hour and the connected machines, I know that there's machines that our customers have out there that they acquired maybe a while ago or whatever, but they're not using, fully utilizing right now. Yeah. As a service provider, we can help them re-rent those machines mm-hmm. to other parts of the territory, help them put money back in their pocket on their capital investment. Yeah. That's an example of that. You know, the supply chain transparency, more of an open kitchen with these guys. That's We're trying to make sure that they truly understand the relationship that they have with us. Digital transformation does too, is making sure that our employee experience you know, we're talking about, we're always talking about the customer because our, our ultimate purpose is their highest level of success. But it's on behalf of our, our team members and our employees here. And digitally, from a transformation, we can help them, you know, enable their success too. Yeah. The speed, the velocity out of it, the process transformation. I mean, everything that, you know, we're working on right now, there's a digital play in all of it. So it's not just 
and I guess the you know achieving success, you're trying to just help their businesses be better off, and that's like our our mission too, helping you know the, our customers, our partners be better off because if they're better off, then we're better off as a result. But you have to do A to get to B. So A is not just selling tractors and, and you're looking way yeah. beyond just, hey, we need to sell X amount of D6s this month. It's, hey, you know, what's the utilization on these tractors? Can we, get, is renting better for them than, than buying them? Oh, hey, you need to get this thing serviced. You know, here's what we recommend. Guaranteeing, you know, certain amount of uptime and, and rental. And so there's a lot of pieces that go into just helping these companies succeed. Yeah. And ironically, all those things that you just mentioned there, it, Carter's been doing that for a lot of cat dealers too, but Carter's been doing that for a long, long time. I mean, yeah. everything you talked about is that consultive type of relationship. I think the difference now, again, you bringing this up because of the digital side of things, is that you get to kind of reframe that relationship a little bit because we can, we can now do this better. We yeah. can do this faster. We can take costs out of out of both of our businesses and, and ultimately deliver mutually deliver more to the bottom lines for us at a, at a better overall experience because of technology, because of IOT, because of what the data can help us do nowadays. And that's the transformation at the end of this. It, we are not deviating by any means. In fact, we are, we're concentrating more on our core businesses that we've been getting after, you know, for decades because of digital. We're, we're essentially trying to make those so so fluid to our customer, ultimately to make sure that we're driving their highest level of success. What are you most excited about with all this data? What was a moment or moments that, that, that's got you really excited about all this as, as it's materialized? It's like the coaching thing. You know, when you're coaching athletes and you see light bulbs turn on, right? That, that you, could, you could equate that to present day here, the digital side of things, the data side of things is, is kind of these insights. When you start putting things together and it truly helps a customer or one of our team members, right? One of our technicians or somebody get to do their job better, faster, right? Ultimately with a better experience. It's those, those are the things that have been most exciting. You know, one of the big ones that, that we have had here at Carter was on our Vantage Point product. And this was really, you know, it was born out of uh, one of our team members, Jason Threewitz. And all he was doing was kind of sitting down in a quarry, talking to customers, watching productivity of trucks and loaders, essentially. He was looking at a somewhat antiquated process, stopwatches and writing things down. And you started marrying up the connectivity. You started marrying up plant data. You started marrying up all these things, you know, cost per ton in terms of what are we truly trying to get out of this? What are some standard operating procedures and things we really want to know to help drive all that? And it turned into this thing that's now Vantage Point. Yeah. And we've rolled this to our customers and beyond, uh, you know, our customers here in territory and beyond, and they're using it to run their business. We're, we have customers that are literally taking a million dollars of cost out of their business. And we hope that million dollars that they find there doesn't have to be spent back with us, but that million dollars is them understanding that our investment with them is far past, you know, selling a machine or a part or a wrench turn yep. or anything there. It's about that deeper partnership. And frankly, and frankly, what it does, it provides us more clarity, I think, in terms of the engagement, the, the age old engagement we have. All right, if we can be this much more productive, would we have tried to sell them a machine in the past now? Or are we now talking about perhaps rebuilds or vice versa? Gotcha. It just continues to accentuate 
those 92 years of success that we have right now. So I want to really touch on what your day-to-day looks like. What does a week look like for a Caterpillar dealer executive? What do you actually do with your time? And, you know, you still travel, you're still running around territory. I mean, every time I talk to you, it seems like you're in the car going somewhere. What, what do you, what do you actually do day to day? That's a trick question. I mean, it's, yeah. it's never the same day twice. I mean, as, as you and I have been talking today and I've mentioned things like digital and lean transformation and technician capacity and you know, operational excellence and all these deeper digital services. I mean, there is, there is, you know, my job I see is it is, is that all these things that we are trying to do right now to help transform our business to be a better overall service provider and partner to the customer. My job primarily, I guess, if you wrap that in is to making sure that our team members understand why we're doing these things and whether that's with them in front of a customer or that's, you know, getting across, you know, businesses here through, through operations and sales and to make sure that we're collaborative in this play that we're running right now. That's most of the day. But I can honestly tell you, I, just, I, I, I this is not a groundhog day. I can I cannot tell you a single day where I've had a repeat day. Um, <laughs> and that's good. <laughs> to me, to me that's, that's a good thing because that means we're, we're always asking why and we're always always trying to get better out here and and the other side of it too is i gotta say this too is that i think i'm also with the team members that we have right here i think i'm afforded the opportunity to go and do that because of the good people that we have here yeah that you know you can count on at the at the next level too gotcha so you're really you spend a lot of time defining the why and and defining why you're doing things and and why digital transformation is important and all that yeah, I think that's fair. It's, it's defi- defining the why and then art- articulating the why. And some of these things aren't easy. Yeah. I mean, a- again, you know, Carter's a very successful dealership and, and has been since day one. And when you look at you look at our service operations, it's the number one excellence dealer, service excellence dealer on the planet. And it, it's hard to tell Michael Jordan that you can get a lot better, yeah. right? But guess what? <laughs> but guess what? They, they know they can get better. We know that we can take waste out of our processes. We know that we can provide better customer experience. We know that we can get faster and more efficient digitally in those types of things and use tools. That's all part of it, you know. With so many pieces, you know, with hundreds of tech, I mean, past a thousand now and, and tons of branches and thousands of machines and territory, how do you ensure that level of success and quality and service that you aim for is carried out in every single transaction. So the truth of the matter is, if I'm if I'm being humble here, is that it doesn't happen every single time. Yeah. And what happens there is we scramble because at the end of the day, we don't want that defect or whatever it is to get out to the customer. So you have this high sense of urgency and uh, to make sure that that just doesn't get out there, right? And, and, and when you fall down, the old adage, how, it's how fast you get back up. Now, with that said, you know, I've been talking a lot about lean. I've been talking a lot about digital and the efficiency and lower cost of serving those things. Carter, we're a highly engaged workforce, right? We have an employee opinion survey that we do every year. We were told last year that we don't communicate well enough all the things that we're, we're asking everybody to do. Yeah. It, was a, it, was, it was still a high, decent score on the industry, but it was one of our lower ones. And so we've spent the last we've spent the last year here. I you know, I'll call it a year, maybe a little less, tirelessly working on 
on making sure that our strategy is out in plain sight and what we're doing. And it starts with the culture, right? It starts with the Carter way. I think you and I have talked about this before. We branded our culture, the Carter way. It's what we do. It's how we do it. It's why we do it to enable our customers highest level of success. And then we build off of that culture and we talk about our core businesses all the time. Now we talk about sales and, and service and parts and rental. And then within those, core businesses, we talked to our critical success factors. I mentioned one earlier, building that world-class team. And if you go down through the others, you talk about dominating coal and the core construction markets and power and rental and all things in, in intense focus on parts and service. And it goes on. And then for each of those critical success factors, Aaron, we have, we essentially have metrics that I can show you, we can talk to that run out through 2022. For each of those metrics, we have defined actions in terms of what we have to do to achieve those metrics on a daily, weekly basis. And then with those actions, we have owners. You drive the accountability, and this accountability, you can walk outside the office right now and you can see our our people, our quality, and our velocity, our cost metrics, our PQBC metrics, and you can see what a rental technician has to do today and how many machines that have to be turned to go meet our rental revenue market share that we're trying to get after. Yeah. So well, I've, I've seen it. Talking to, like in you start your talking shops. about running the play. Yeah. yeah. You start talking about running the play. And I'm not, I'm not claiming that we've arrived by any means, but you said something earlier. When we say we're going to do something, we go out and we do it. So we're going to get good at this. And then you go back to the earlier comment, like how do you make all this work? You're still going to fall down at times, but we're what we're trying to do is is up the ante and ensure that we're not falling down. If we do fall down, we know where we did and why that happened, and we're quickly fixing that through standard work and continuous improvement. I think you answered that question perfectly. I think the Carter way is really, really, really unique to Carter, and you can tell you guys have mm-hmm. thought it out so carefully. And I know that's largely your baby and. You've spent a lot of time trying to educate the whole company on the Carter Way and why it's important. I mean, I think that's one of the biggest problems in this industry is most of these companies lack that why. And you have that why clearly defined, you know, to enable our customers' highest form of success. And then you have the how we're going to do it. You have it defined. You have your values. You have the system in place to make it happen. And then you have the ability to track, hey, are we being successful and here's what we need to do to be successful on a daily basis, which is remarkable because like like you said, how many machines do we have to turn as a rental department? I've seen the monitors, you know, it's plain as day on flat screen TVs in each branch in the shop saying, you know, hey, here's exactly what we need you to get done today to accomplish what we're trying to accomplish. It's it's remarkable. Mm-hmm. It's pretty well, I cool. Appreciate it, but yeah. I'm going to correct you a little bit. I can't take the ownership of, of the Carter way. That's, it's by far, there's, there's, there's a million people that, that put into this thing, yeah. the, you know, from, from marketing all the way through. And it's been a completely teamwork type effort, but that speaks to everything that you just said though. I mean, the Carter way, it really, it, it brands everything that we physically do that we, we do throughout our businesses here. It's what's been great is to watch that thing you know, make its way into every presentation, make its way onto almost every corner you turn, you know, just continues to pop up. It's become kind of a, it might, it might be a verb here. Yeah. At this yeah. point. It's, so, yeah, it's, it's pretty close pretty cool. if it's not there yet. Yeah. Now this wouldn't be a conversation about a cat dealer with a 
cat dealer executive without talking about technicians and service. And, and I know that's mm-hmm. an enormous part of any dealership. Technicians, sure. recruiting, training, your investment in training is enormous. Can you talk about technician recruiting and, and what you guys are doing as far as training goes? Yeah. So I think there's that notion out there that you just can't find people sometimes, right? Or there's yeah. people that don't want to want to do things. And we were hearing that. And then we have this, we, we, you turn around, we look at our company and we're like, our biggest differentiator is our technicians. And so how do you accept that? And we didn't. And we put some bold goals. So this is, you know, credit our operations team, credit our corporate development team, credit Drew Parker for leadership on this. And we said, if we're going to grow technicians, not only we're going to grow technicians, but in a downturn or anything else, we're not letting go of them. We're going to continue to grow because it's, it is our biggest differentiator. And we know that we provide the, the proper training and the skill set that's needed out there and the capability that's needed out there for technician capacity. At the end of the day, back to that last mile and that part that needs to be get to that machine and needs to be fixed and all those things that we need to do out there, that's it, right? The machine uptime and making sure that the machine can be as productive as it can for our customers to enable their highest level of success, that's it. And yeah. it comes down to your technician capacity. We put through 150, we have a accredited state accredited program and we put through 150 apprentice technicians this year. That's and unbelievable. We're, we're, we're consistently, that's through our shops. That we're, now we're growing out programs around our power side. We're growing out programs for apprentices around our rental businesses because we see that growing. We will continue to produce technicians further. We see the opportunity to do that both with operators with our customers, help operators get trained up faster, and train up our customers' technicians. We have technicians, world-class capabilities here that we know could be and should be working on that world-class type opportunities. We want to make sure that our customers' technicians, as good as they want to be, we want to get them there too. Because again, it's all about that relationship and that uptime around that machine to be as productive as it can so they can achieve their highest level of success. We're thinking about our own technicians and we're also thinking about our customers' businesses as well too. But playing traditional business logic, someone would say, oh, why would we go train essentially? Well, I mean, you could look at it like competition, your, your customers, technicians mm-hmm. in a way. What's the benefit to Carter doing that? I, I mean, I know the answer, but why think like that? Well, the, the, the truth of the matter is we, we got a lot of machines in territory. Yeah. You know, and, yep. it, so you start talking about the thousands and thousands and thousands of machines that are out there. And especially when, when the getting's good and productivity or utilization is high, you know, trying to be everywhere is tough. And then secondly is that, you know, when you look at the skill set and the training of some of our technicians, you know, especially our high-level A-type technicians, you know, our senior technicians, you know, if we're getting scattered everywhere to work on basic down to, just as an example, a PM, not that they can't do that and, they're, and, and they shouldn't be doing that, but we know there's probably a machine elsewhere where we could dispatch the highest and best use of the asset out there as the technician mm-hmm. to go work on that. Gotcha. Right, and get that customer back up and running faster. Yeah, we want people to be attuned to Caterpillar in 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 terms of the technicians that are out there. But we know at the end of the day, you know, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of machines out there, and we want to make sure that our supply chain, whether it's delivering the iron, the part, or the service, there is is uninterrupted. 
And part of, we feel like part of doing that is helping out our customers, technicians too. Love that mentality. Now you, as far as recruiting goes, and, and this is, I think this is a big point. And I, I cite you guys very often when I'm talking about this, this mm. subject with people, how everyone says, I just can't find enough good help. And and the point in the world has shifted where, you know, companies need to accept responsibility and create and invest in the next generation themselves, right? So you yeah. guys, instead of playing victim, you've said, no, we're just not buying into that. And, and frankly, we can't afford to buy into that. And instead, we're going to go out and create our own. Has it been a struggle filling these programs? I mean, 150 is nuts. It sounds like you guys are having no, no problem. I mean- yeah, and I, I, I probably can't speak to the exact number, but if we if we put through 150, I mean, we had hundreds more applications, yeah. right? I mean, to get there. The athletes are out there. You've just got to be able to talk to all the great things that you can do. Go talk about the job that you're going to offer them. To go talk about the debt-free position that you're going to be out there. Go talk them about the professional path that you may have here. You may be in here and cleaning, inspecting a rental machine today, and then you might be, I mean, if you look at Ronnie Miles, our vice president of, of, uh, of operations, service operations here, he's, he started his career 41 years ago, right, as a technician. Wow. And now he commands all of that and does a fantastic job with it. That's the beauty of the industry and the cat dealer network and everything that we talk about. There are, there are so many places and opportunities. To, I mean, you, know, you start talking about this business in general and and whether you're pushing dirt, you're turning wrenches, you're turning data, there's tons of opportunity. Yeah. And you look at the, it's just inside of our own four walls here at Carter. I mean, my goodness, I see opportunities popping every day because of the opportunities we have in front of the customer and digital and customer experience and lean and everything else. There's jobs that exist today that did not exist a year ago so because of the change that's coming. I guess building off that, why... Why is this field specifically at a cat dealer? I mean, why why should a twenty something consider working as a technician or or going you know through the Carter University program? Why do that? Back to the Carter University side, back to the technician, the apprenticeship program. One, you're going to land with a job, and you're going to land with debt free. Yeah, and you're going to land with a solid training program and professional path ahead of you. So, I'm trying to go back a long time. And, you know, kind of getting into the coaching thing and then, okay, oh, now what are we going to go do? Imagine having that, at least for the foreseeable future, kind of planned out. So you've got this, you just got that peace of mind that goes out there. And then you start looking, you look at our, uh, you know, and, and factor in all things benefit. I'm thinking, talking Carter, factor all things benefits and what this company does offer you. And if you're here, when you start talking about some, our, our, some of our team members, you know, 15 and 20 years of doing that, you've created savings, you've created value, all the things that, you know, you're kind of supposed to go out and do and be successful in here. And you can do it right inside the four walls of Carter, but it could be, like I said, you may start out as a technician. You may end up out in the sales side and you may back in some sort of high level management or you may end up in continuous improvement or corporate development. I mean, if you think of all the things that has to happen that goes on each and every day here at Carter alone to go serve our customer base, it's way past just a wrench turn or selling a machine. Yeah. I mean, or, opportunity. or you can be a technician for 40 plus years and be still learning stuff after 40 years of doing it, which, and I know I've met a lot of yeah. people at Carter that have been there for 30, 40 years, a lot yeah. of them. 
some of the best technicians on the planet yeah. work right here at Carter. I guarantee you. These are men and women. You know, they're they're on aircraft carriers, they're on the side of mountains, they're everywhere in between right now too. So this the diversity in terms terms of the type of work that you can have is is incredible. Unreal. Now how does how does someone find the Carter University? program real quick you know if you're if a young you, kid looking if, for it yeah you put me on the spot there a little bit but literally yeah. if you go google carter university you'll probably hit a couple other carter things at the top and then you'll hit carter university right down your first scroll Sweet. you get on there and you're going to see safety training you're going to see technician training you're going to see operator training around our customer and if you search some more then you can find out how you can get into the apprenticeship programs that is so cool shifting gears here what keeps you up i mean what 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 do you worry about as far as the organization goes, the cat dealer, cat dealer network, I know it's constant improvement. What, what do you worry about? Oh man, you know, I, I think it's, I don't know if it's a worry, but it's a high pace and you want to make sure, again, I mentioned before, we we're, we're a highly engaged workforce. And when we're pushing a lot of this change out there, we've got to make sure that everybody understands the why. You know, in our EOS, you know, it kind of told us that we need to communicate that a little bit better. That's the one thing that, you know, if you have a level of anxiety around anything, it's been it. But then you're quickly calmed by when you start to see the winds coming along because of some of this transformational activity we have yeah. that's going on. But it's, you know, that's that's the beauty of, you know, our leadership team, too. I credit both Drew and, and John Bates, our president who's by far one of the strongest servant leaders I've worked around. Just they, There's an incredible balance of challenging the status quo, yet making sure that we know where we've come from and why we've been winning and be very, very diligent in explaining why we're doing the things that we're doing. Yep. And we've talked about this. No one really knows leadership, dealer principles in the dealer network, I feel like. There's, there's kind of this shroud of mystery. And I think a lot of that is just coming from that servant leadership type mentality where, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're behind the scenes making sure everything looks good and the big picture's there, but they're not, they're not the heroes. The technicians are the heroes. Salespeople are the heroes. Oh, yeah. you know, everyone else within the organization comes before them, which I think is true. Definitely oh, at Carter. Yeah, a hundred percent. And that was, you know, along with that communication, one of the other indices that we, we need to focus on is empowerment and recognition. Right. Yeah. There's so many wins that happen every day here and we need to do our best job in terms of recognizing those. And that's difficult to do at times, but there's a thousand wins a day here and we know that they're going on. And you start talking about the shroud of mystery or whatever behind the scenes. I mean, the, the executive leadership team is minimal in terms of what makes this thing go. Yeah. Right. They're at the top level decision making. That's why it's so important. We started talking earlier about our, our daily and our weekly metrics for all of our team members to understand, hey, you know, as far as the high level strategy, how do I know I'm winning? How am I contributing to this thing? How do we know that we're getting down the line in that? That's been our, our initial step into the empowerment side of things. And in that helping the continuous improvement culture to ultimately make their experience daily better so we can achieve all of our goals on behalf of our customer success. Awesome. Now, as far as the customer goes, you know, if I'm a, I'm a young guy, I'm, I'm starting up a landscaping business or, or, you know, I just stepped into a equipment manager role apart from the price, obviously, cause that's an obvious consideration. Why choose like a Carter machinery over competitors? And even, I mean, you said direct competitors and then there's other types of competitors too. 
that still mm-hmm. impact the bottom line. Why, why do business with you guys as opposed to other folks? Hopefully the answer is if a young business owner or old business, I mean, regardless, a business yeah. owner walks in here yeah. and if they walked into right into our, our entrance here, what they would start to see is our solid finance department. They would see start to see the sales operations department that's behind that. They would have driven by our tractor shops. They would have seen all the equipment and the parts that we have sitting ready for them for parts availability. They would see the, the magnitude of what's behind that purchase of a machine and then delivering that supply chain to them. And then further, where I think, and this is where I'm always I'm over proud of, not over proud, very proud of our traditional sales teams. When you start looking at our product support salespersons, our rental salespersons, our machine salespersons, when you watch the depth of the, of the relationships that these people have together with the customer base, it extends well past that machine. They're business advisors, right? Certainly. And they're, you know, they're deliver of equipment, that sort of thing. But then when you start to see how they're impacting the rest of their business, it's an incredible piece. And that's what I would do. I would take that person and I would make sure they understood all of this that's behind it. Again, we have good competition. There's no doubt. Thank goodness we have good competition because it keeps us hungry. It keeps us on our toes. But when I look at our competition and when I look at what we have to offer from a sheer capability standpoint, that's the differentiator. A lot of time that does show up not only just in terms of the premium equipment we offer, but certainly the technician and the service capacity that we can deliver behind that day in and day out. Yeah. I've been out with a lot of those sales folks too, riding along with them. And it is impressive just how they how they think and, and how humble they are. And, and it really isn't chasing sales. And I've been out with quite a few of them now. It, they're really not concerned about trying to make sale after sale after sale. They're just trying to figure out, hey, are, are you doing all right? Do you have what you need? You know, what can I help you with? It's pretty amazing. And that's the key. I mean, our customers are cyclical. They, they have to be because the business is. Yeah. Our main objective is to make sure that when they need something, regardless of part, machine, service, whatever it may be, is that we're top of mind. And you're top of mind by making sure that last experience was the best experience, right? And that you're, you're ultimately, they perceive you as delivering that premium product or service at the lowest cost to serve. If you can accomplish that, that's, I think that's the projection that you see from, from most of the people that are customer facing with us. Pretty cool. Well, we're wrapping up here with an hour. I don't want to take up much more of your time. Do you want to, is there anything else you feel like you need to touch on or want to circle back to before we wrap up? No, I think, you know, we, I think we just had a pretty good conversation. We kind of went kind of went full circle here in general. And like I said, I was, I'll take the same opportunity to kind of all of some of the answers I gave you in terms of industry and that sort of a thing. I think build with doing a, an incredible service to the industry right now. And I always I remember meeting you earlier on. You're like, I want to make it look good and I want to bring people to industry. And if you can't get behind that, I'm not sure that you got all your swords together, but <laughs> this, is, this is, I think this partnership that we've had, you've helped us tell a story a little bit deeper. You've, you know, we talked, how many times did we say technicians today? You know, that was something that we just weren't, we weren't highlighting. We weren't highlighting 750 technicians, putting it out there in space, even amongst our own 
company. I'm on our own team members here. Yeah. And now you can see you can see so much excellence through that in terms of what happens on point and also behind the scenes too in terms of the quality of delivery. So really appreciate the opportunity just to sit down and talk with you, Aaron, and then certainly tell stories like this because it's powerful. Yeah, I appreciate it too. Thanks for being on the show. I know you got you have a lot going on. So thanks for the time and uh I'm sure we'll be talking soon. All right, man. I appreciate it. All right. Let's get to work. <laughs> Let's get to work. See you, Craig. 